Let me share with you uh, this morning out of the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Last week I, I preached on, on John the Baptist and I'm kind of continuing that but in a different vein today, talking about the birth of John and, and collating it with the birth of, of Christ. It's a profound story from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 but it's also a story that you're familiar with because you hear it every Christmas season. I'm going to encourage you today, even though if you've grown up in church, you've heard this story a thousand times, allow the Spirit of God on the thousand and first time you've heard it to drop fresh revelation in your heart. Because if you think that you've already figured it out and learned everything that you need to learn, there ain't nothing in there for you, your temptation is to become bored with a God you barely know. And so let us allow the eyes of our spirit to be illuminated by the words of the text and in doing so, see God do fresh work in our heart. Luke 1, starting in verse 26. Now watch what the scriptures say. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, he was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and that virgin's name was Mary. <laughs> I love the details that are recorded in these two first verses. It wasn't just biographical data. It wasn't just Luke's attempt at a Wikipedia entry. What Luke is proving is that, in fact, the birth of Christ is the fulfillment of what all the prophets looked forward to in the Old Covenant, that in Christ we would see the consolation of Israel, the forgiveness of our sins, and the invitation to be sons and daughters of the Most High. It is not just biographical data. It is not just random cities you've never heard of. It's not just the house of David, the lineage of Joseph, a virgin named Mary, Galilee, and Nazareth. No, these are the fulfillment of words that God spoke in times past that by his own spirit he has brought to fulfillment in the fullness of time. God sent an angel to a region named Galilee to a city named Nazareth, to a virgin named Mary, who was engaged to a man named Joseph, who belonged to the lineage of the house of David. When I read that, I can't help but be struck by this reality. The region you're in, it is known by God. The city you're in, it is known by God. The family that you're in, it is known by God. The relationship that you're involved with, it is known by God. Your generational line, it is known by God. And when God wants to reach a person, he will move regions, turn over cities, shake up families, interrupt relationships, and disrupt generational lines, all in an effort to meet you right where you're at. In a region called the Pacific Northwest, in a city named Pursuit, to young men and young women and older men and older women, to angels guarding their flocks by night, to folks faithfully serving God in the midst of their day-to-day -day existence, God dispatched an angel from the presence of God who carried a word and said, you thought your life was mundane, you thought your city was an accident, you thought your business was a coincidence. In fact, it is the fulfillment of what God spoke in times past from the very foundations of the earth. You're right where he wants you. You're right when he wants you. And he's about to do an incredible work through your life. Now watch verse 28. And having come in, the, the angel said to her, 
Rejoice, highly favored one. It's the Lord who is with you. And you are blessed amongst women. I love this. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. You ever find yourself being complimented by a family member or a coworker, but you know it's a setup for a big ask? They can barely get through half their compliments until you finally ask the fateful question, so what do you want? And that's what I imagine this moment to feel like for Mary. Rejoice, you're favored, you're blessed. God, God, God has seen your condition. Okay, Gabriel, what's the catch? There's a reason she's troubled. An out of nowhere compliment means you're about to get asked to help somebody move. An out of nowhere compliment means you're about to get broken up with. And yet, in the midst of an out of nowhere compliment to a out in the middle of nowhere teenage girl in a out in the middle of nowhere village and all places at all times all seeing all knowing God breaks through the mundane to speak to his servant who has been chosen to birth the Christ child don't you dare for a minute think that God doesn't know right where you're at today he knows how to speak your language he knows how to get your attention you may feel insignificant to man but you've always been significant to God your name is engraved on his hand he won't ever forget it and so let God be true and let every man be a liar for his promises they are still yes and amen Have you ever found yourself in a situation where God said rejoice even though the outside circumstance didn't look worthy of rejoicing? And I'm reminded of what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you know that at least 43 times in the scripture, the phrase give thanks is used? It's not a suggestion. It's not an observation. It's not a philosophical idea. Instead, it is a command. Give thanks. Why? Because although thankfulness might not change my circumstance, it'll definitely change me. And that, my friends, is the point of the gospel. No, we don't give thanks for all things. We give thanks in all things. I don't thank God for sickness. I thank God in the midst of sickness. I don't thank God for trials. I thank God in the middle of my trial. I don't thank God for difficulty. I thank God despite my difficulty. And do you know why thanksgiving and rejoicing must be a decision that we make daily? Because grumbling and complaining is a temptation that we face daily. Now watch verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, Oh, Mary, the, the Holy Spirit, he, he'll come upon you. And the power of the highest, it'll overshadow you. 
Therefore also that holy one who is to be born, he will be called the son of God. I don't know about you, but I love reading the Synoptic Gospels and I love reading the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the actions of the disciples in the first century that leads to the planting and the flourishing of the New Testament church. And it's interesting when I read Luke 1 and verse 35, the idea of the power of the highest will overshadow you. I felt like I could hear the spirit of God speak to me in a sovereign way. He reminded me, Jay, of what happened in Acts 5 when Peter's shadow healed the sick. And I heard the Lord speak this to me. The shadow you cast is indicative of that which overshadows you. See, if anxiety overshadows you, that's exactly what you'll release. If fear overshadows you, that's exactly what you'll release. But if the dream of God overshadows you, then like Joseph, wherever you go, people will break out in dreams around you. If courage overshadows you, then like Joshua, wherever you go, people will find courage around you. It's no wonder David prays that God would hide him in the shadow of his wings. Watch what Jesus says in Matthew 10. This is so interesting. He's sending the disciples out into the cities. Do you remember this? He says, whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. And then he says this, as you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest upon it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and watch. Shake the dust off of your feet. See, you got to recognize something today. You can't release what you don't first possess. And you lack the ability to possess until you find the faith to surrender. See, if you will surrender your life to Christ, you will have a peace that overshadows you. That peace becomes a gift because that peace is a person and it will rest upon any atmosphere that you reside in. And see, here's what's crazy. It won't make sense to people around you who have yet to meet Jesus. So they'll say things like this. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. But when you're around, I can just feel the anxiety of my life melting away. See, they'll call it a vibe. They'll attribute it to the energy of the universe. They'll think it's because of those crystals they rub together at the Hobby Lobby down the street. But you'll know it's because I got the Prince of Peace who walks with me. He is the one who overshadows me. And I freely release as a conduit that which first has been freely given to me. See, last week, I, I was turned up. I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to exegete scripture. And I believe that the church has a role in public theology. It's one of the reasons why I address the things that I do. And so we release sermon clips like we do every week. Some of them caught real traction. And 
We had two or 300,000 different people viewing the sermon moments we released last week. In the midst of that, one of these blogs that kind of just hates me for a living, they picked it up and <laughs> they reposted it too. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, thank God for more views. But I did something this week that I shouldn't have done. I got lost in the comment section reading what people were saying. Because I kind of have this morbid curiosity. I'm like, what did they say? What did they say? My favorite comments were like, this guy's a cult leader. We hate him. We should take him out. But that video edit was dope. <laughs> I thought, I'll get you. I'll get you. We're working you. But I kid you not, Jay, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep one night. So instead of counting sheep, I read all them com I counted the comments. I stopped at 884. <laughs> but here's what happened. As I was reading those comments, all of a sudden, I could feel the spirit of my mind begin to shift. All of a sudden, I began to feel that heaviness on my life. All of a sudden, I began to feel that anxiety and fear come up in my heart. All of a sudden, I could feel that nervousness in my life. I wonder if they're coming for me. I wonder if they're going to take me out. I wonder if we stepped on a landmine. I wonder if I should just shut up. I wonder if I should just stop preaching. I literally had to turn off my phone, turn on some worship, get in the word, because I refused to allow the culture around me to be the thing that overshadows my life. Does not Jesus warn his disciples, you do not know what manner of spirit you operate in? See, if I'm not careful to manage my spirit, I'll allow the fear of the online popcorn commentary to be the very thing that I release into my children's life. I'm not even trying to do it. But what overshadows me is indicative of the type of shadow that I release through my influence. Now, I love this. Now, watch. This is good. This is good. Now, watch. Now, indeed, this is the angel. He's still speaking to Mary. He says, now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, she has also conceived a son in her old age. In fact, she is now in the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Oh, we could stop there and have church. We could stop there and have a revival. I could spend the next 36 weeks on verse 37 because it's a truth that the people of God need in their soul. With God, nothing is impossible to those who believe. I love the way the angel Gabriel ends this visitation with Mary. He says, you remember your cousin, Elizabeth? The one who was older? The one who'd been trying to have kids for years, but no luck? The one who just gave up because she is past the age of normal reproduction? The one who was barren? The one who was forgotten? The one who was overlooked? Yeah, she is pregnant too. Do you know that barrenness in Scripture didn't just describe a medical condition, but a spiritual one as well. Israel is seen as barren when they reject God. The land is seen as barren when it's not blessed. The people are seen as barren when they worship foreign idols. But you got to watch the words of Scripture. 
barren wasn't just Elizabeth's condition. It was her identity. For Luke says she was called barren. It was her neighbor's. It was her friends. It was those family members who always asked, when is it going to happen for you? It was the priest who didn't understand. It was the business associate who stabbed you in the back. It was that person who lied on you and put stuff on your name that never belonged. They identified her by her dysfunction, and her name was called Baron. And some of you today... You are sitting in these chairs and you are suffering under the false identities that have labeled you after your pain, your mistakes, or your failures. And I am here to tell you today, friend, because of the grace of God that has appeared to all men, Jesus Christ alone has the power and permission to redeem every part of your fractured identity. The circumstances surrounding my birth don't have permission to establish my worth. The narrative of my family system no longer has authority to dictate my outcomes. I may have been called dysfunctional in the last season, but I am called whole in this season. I may have been called broken in the last season, but I am called righteous in this season. I am coming out of shame. I am leaving the past behind. And today, I'm allowing the Father to make me a son or a daughter of the Most High. You got kids who are backslidden from church. With God, nothing is impossible. You have sickness or disease that is plaguing your life. With God, nothing is impossible. Do you need wisdom for the next season of your business, your marriage, your family? Oh, friend, with God, ain't nothing is impossible. The angel doesn't say nothing will seem impossible. He says nothing will be impossible. And I imagine today that there are folks all across this auditorium facing a variety of seemingly impossible situations. And friend, if we do anything in church today, let us confess the good confession of hope. What seems to be true doesn't get to have the final say because with God, nothing is impossible for those who believe. Now, you got to see this. This is very interesting. The angel doesn't say Elizabeth birthed a son. He says she has conceived a son. And in fact, she is in the sixth month of her pregnancy. See, once a promise is conceived... It now becomes a person's responsibility to carry it to term. God will initiate the miracle by faith. And in response, we grab a hold of the miracle. We carry it within the womb of our spirit until God says it's time to see that miracle delivered. Oh, God's spoken to me. 
about campuses, schools, buildings, ministries, missions, employees, families, and resources all across this region. I carry those promises as living words inside of my soul. Yeah, sometimes the promise is so small, I forget it's even there. Sometimes the promise is still in its developmental stage. I can't even feel it kicking. No one can see it. They wouldn't believe me even if I told them, but I know I have heard his voice and I must pursue his presence. Listen, the angel of the winds is just a setup for what God's about to do next. I know that you think it's the craziest thing that we've ever done, but by this time next year, you'll be saying, oh, that was child's play. Look what the Lord has done. Now watch this. I'll never forget the day that my wife, Maria, told me she was pregnant with our first child. It, it honestly, it honestly couldn't have come at a worse time. We were in counseling. We were just trying to figure out how to stay married. We were broke. We were so broke, we'd go to KFC and lick other people's fingers. We were broke. <laughs> Put that on the podcast, the rise and fall of pursuit. Put that on a podcast. <laughs> that was funny. You know it. Anyways, listen, we was broke. We was frustrated. We was scared. We was fighting. <clears throat> and frankly, not many people knew it, but we were just barely hanging on. I'd gotten home from work late. I was exhausted from another long day. I pulled up to my house in North Everett in the hood. We bought it for $164,000. And that was too expensive for what was inside that house when I walked through them front doors. You can't even buy a tank of gas for $164,000. The only place you get gas today for under two bucks a gallon is Taco Bell and some of you have been filling up. I got, from home, I got home from work late, exhausted from another long day. I was taking out the trash before heading off to bed. And as I was taking out the, the garbage can out from under the kitchen sink, I just happened to notice a pregnancy test that had been thrown away. Now, I was convinced, like, this must have been one of Maria's friends came over, and they were excited, and they took a test. They showed Maria. And I'm, like, trying to rationalize it in my head. Like, it can't be what I think it is. It's got to be something else. Listen, we wasn't trying to have a baby. We couldn't afford to have a baby. We was taking precautions to avoid having a baby. And I asked Maria what was going on. And I said, this, this can't be what I think it is. <laughs> and she said, oh, oh, it is. I'm pregnant. I, I didn't know how to uh, tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. And we got to figure it out. And, and that night ended like most nights for us in that season arguing and fighting until one of us fell asleep. I can't tell you how. It literally makes no sense at all. <clears throat> but somehow, some way, 
God used this pregnancy to shock us out of selfishness as we recommitted to making things work, putting God first and preferring one another, especially now that a baby was on the way. See, all we had was a positive pregnancy test, but hear me, it was a sign that declared a new life had been conceived. Now hear me, over the next nine months, we would do the hard work of getting our marriage back on track. We would do the hard work of learning to love and trust each other again. And at the same time, we would do the hard work of quitting our jobs, selling our house, planting a church, and moving in with our in-laws. Eight years ago, two miracles began in our little family. The first was a baby boy named Matthew. And the second <clears throat> The first was a baby boy named Matthew and the second was a baby church named Pursuit. Two miracles that were initiated by God carried to term by the faithfulness of his people and now coming to life all around us. Here's the reason I tell you that story. Here is what I love about an atmosphere of faith. It takes an isolated testimony and it turns it in to a chain reaction of contagious miracles. See, I see this all the time in our services. God will heal one person with an injury in their shoulder, and then all across the room, shoulder pain will begin to disappear. One person will come forward in a spontaneous act of faith for baptism, and then all across the room, people run to the altar to get dunked. Mary is visited by an angel who says, Surprise! A miracle baby is alive in your womb. And if that wasn't shocking enough, your old cousin Elizabeth, the one who never had a baby before, she is pregnant too. See, when God releases miracles, it's available for every person under heaven who simply has faith to believe. It's for the young like Mary, and it's for the old like Elizabeth. It's for the Jew like the ruler of the synagogue, and it's for the Gentile like the Syrophoenician woman. It's for the men servant and the maidservant. It's for the male and the female. It's for the rich and the poor. It's for the insider and the outsider. Hear me today, friend. Your particular need may never be specifically addressed from this pulpit, but you serve a God who saves, you serve a God who delivers, you serve a God who baptizes, and you serve the God who heals. Now you got to get this. This is going to get you. This is going to get you this morning. It's interesting. In a landmark study published by the American Sociological Review in 2014, after studying 1,700 women over the course of 10 years, researchers concluded that due to a range of social, familial, emotional, and relational dynamics, pregnancy is actually contagious. Now watch. They found 
that your chances of getting pregnant increase in a demonstrative fashion by virtue of you being around other pregnant people. They don't know where I'm going yet, Jay. They don't, but watch. <laughs> this phenomenon was demonstrated in 2019 when 36 nurses who all worked in the neonatal intensive care unit in a hospital in Kansas City all became pregnant at the same time. And you'll never guess the name of that hospital in Kansas City. It's called Children's Mercy. You ought to be careful when you show up here on Sunday morning. You might just leave pregnant with a miracle of God in your life as well. You ought to be careful getting around other faith-filled people who actually believe that what God said is true and he can do it again today. You ought to be careful before interjecting yourself into a revival environment because I can promise you this, there's a miracle in the house. You're going to catch the fire and your life ain't never going to be the same again. can feel it in the room this morning as I'm preaching and as we're worshiping and as we're welcoming members there's some of you sitting in your seat and the Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart and you're saying God could this be my home God could you make me a member of the family God could this be a place where we'll raise our kids in revival God could it be that you saved me for such a time as this You ought to be careful because there is something in the womb of this church that is contagious for your life and for your family. And if you'll just have enough faith to show up on a Sunday morning, I bet you would leave pregnant too. Now watch, watch. This is where it gets really good. Even though the miracle is contagious, I want you to see this. The method is different. You see, Elizabeth's pregnancy, it happens via natural conception. Mary's pregnancy happens via immaculate conception. It's the same outcome. They're both having babies. It's the same power. They both encounter the Holy Spirit. It's the same family. Mary and Elizabeth are cousins. It's the same miracle. It's just a different method. Mary is pregnant, never knowing a man. Elizabeth is married yet barren and now becomes pregnant after many years of waiting. See, some miracles transpire by virtue of what I call supernatural spontaneity. And yet other miracles trans transpire by virtue of ordinary obedience. Jesus heals some by speaking a word. He heals others by having them wash in the river. He heals others by spitting in the mud. And yet others by laying on of his hands. You might be here today and you're praying for provision. Could God drop off a pot of gold on your doorstep today? Yes. Could God also drop off a job application on your doorstep today? Yes. 
So whether your miracle gets delivered by a leprechaun in a green hat or by a job recruiter in a hard hat, could you just be grateful to receive from the God who supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory? Now watch, I'm done here. Let me in here though. Watch, you got to get this. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, meaning she ran. She ran to the city of Judah. Why? Because she was going to enter the house of Zacharias. And when she did, she greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary has just found out she is pregnant. In excitement, she runs over to her cousin Elizabeth's house. As she makes her way through the front door, watch what the Bible says. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her womb leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's so interesting. That word greet or greeting in the Greek is the word aku. It's where we get the English word acoustics. It's a Greek word that means, watch, to hear God's voice, which prompts him to birth faith within. The story started with an angel greeting Mary and a miracle happening in her womb. And the story ends with Mary greeting Elizabeth and Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit. To be honest, this is a little challenging for my theology. No one gave Elizabeth my book. No one even prayed for her. It wasn't explained. There was no fire or wind. All there was was a teenage Mary coming in through the front door, giving a greeting to her cousin Elizabeth, and the result is a baby who jumps and a woman who is filled. And you need to know today, that is what I am believing for to happen all across this room, all across this region, that at the greeting of people who sit in this chair, at the greeting of volunteers on our team, Families will be hit with joy. Miracles will transpire in people's lives. And folks will encounter the power of God's Holy Spirit. Never underestimate the power of your greeting. I hear testimonies all the time. People walking into this church, they've been far from God, haven't been in church in 20 years. They say before the sermon started, before the worship started, I walked through the front doors. I saw somebody smiling, shook my hand, said, I'm so glad to see you. I don't know what happened. I started to weep in the presence of God and God told me, you're home. Why? Because your greeting carries supernatural power to birth faith within. Come on, would you stand as we close? We're going to end like this. Some of you have seen these cards. These are our Easter invites. 
It gives the time, the date, the address, and the location. I'm having our ushers pass these cards out to every person in this room. I want you to see this card as an avenue of greeting in the life of somebody else. Hear me, friend. If it's up to me to fill that stadium, we in trouble. If it's up to the power of my influence to fill that stadium, we in trouble. What's going to fill that stadium is the power of God, number one. And number two, the cooperation of people in this room who will steward the promise until God delivers it through their life. This is a greeting that carries supernatural power to transform somebody's eternity. I'm asking you over the next number of weeks to hand out these cards, to share our invitation on social media, to invite in-laws and outlaws, to invite friends and neighbors and frankly, people you don't even like, to invite co-workers and folks you meet on the street and that barista you see every morning because you got a caffeine addiction. Whoever you meet, wherever you go, whatever sphere you find yourself in, could you be a conduit of God's greeting in this next season? And in doing so, could we see a harvest of souls in the Northwest? Come on, would you just take that card and lift it high to heaven? I'm going to pray over you and over these invites today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for all of those under the sound of my voice, the friends who are watching on our online campus. God, I pray today that we would partner with you in faith and we would cast the net over the Pacific Northwest and we would have such a catch that the nets would be breaking as people are coming in to right relationship with God. God, I pray that we wouldn't make it somebody else's response responsibility to reach our neighbors. We wouldn't make it somebody else's responsibility to reach our family. But God, I pray that you would use us in both simple and profound ways over the next four weeks to be a voice of greeting and invitation that your house may be full. And God, I'm asking you for a thousand souls to come into the kingdom on Easter Sunday. Oh, I feel faith in the room today to ask. God, I'm asking you for a thousand bodies healed Sunday night at the Miracle Crusade. God, I'm asking for hundreds to be baptized in water Sunday evening. Oh God, I pray that you would so strike the ground on Easter Sunday that this region would never recover. And instead of just watching the miracle, God, may you use our greeting to participate in the miracle. Fill that stadium, not for our glory, but for yours. And may you receive the reward of your suffering. We pray these things now in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said amen. amen. And amen. Friend, if you're here.